Welcome to Naming It, where we discuss pop culture, current events, and how they relate to the way that we live our lives, all through the lens of two black psychologists. Naming It is dedicated to acknowledging the elephant in the room, validating the lived experience of people of color. Coming to you from the Bay Area, California, we thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Bedford Palmer. And I'm Dr. Lamisha Hill. Music on Naming It is provided by Lee England Jr., the soul violinist. Good morning, evening, afternoon. Yeah. Welcome to Naming It. Naming It, episode 14. Here it is. This is what we're doing now. We're back. We are approaching the time zone that would be bumping up against the quiet storm. But what would you call it on a Friday night? Like typically in radio, like right now, like if we were in Chicago, I think this would be like the house music, like jam session right now before, Uh, you know, it's not quite evening enough, but it's a Friday. So, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not quite storm night. This is like your your evening commute, maybe, you know, but it's Friday. So, you know, they usually turn up a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, they, they, why are you dancing? <laughs> There's no point, no, they can't see you. I know. But, okay, I, I don't know. I, because it's like, you, it's we didn't the prepare house music. For the, the, I don't, I'm having, I'm having Chicago house in okay. my, in my mind right now. Well, you're by yourself. I don't know much about Chicago house. Like, is that even, we'll get, I don't even know what that music sounds like. We'll yeah. have we'll have to play yeah. some for you. Maybe in maybe in the ride home oh, in the car. Uh, uh, hope, uh, whatever. I'll drop um, you some tracks. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So welcome to naming it, y'all. Uh we uh have been gone for a uh uh we took a little break. Uh did y'all miss us? I don't know. We didn't get a lot of love on the way out. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get a bunch of like, people. Oh, Bedford. I'm just saying, like, oh, where, Bedford. where are people at? Can the, real, can the real namers stand up? Look, folks are busy. That's true. That's true. Uh, We've been busy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been, a, it's been interesting um, trying to, you know, taking a week off. It's, it's funny. I actually got a, uh, a few people asking me, like, are you all right? Is everything good? You know, so that, that was nice. You know, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, I'm not going to say his full name. I'll just say Scott. He uh, sent me an email. So, you know, I'm talking to you, man. Uh, he's like, man, you doing all right? And, you know, I noticed the episode didn't come out. And I was just like, wow, I'm good. We, we just took a break. 13 in a row. So, you know, one week off. It's all right. And so he, he's, uh, that was that was nice. That Thanks, was nice. Scott. Yeah, thank you, Scott. So, it is, does that lead into shout-outs? I, I guess so. All right, because I want to give a shout-out to someone by the name of Sarah C. over in Chicago, Illinois. Thank you, Sarah, for listening. Uh, I think that on our on our stats, we can see where folks are listening at. And there was a couple a couple pops up in, up in the Chicagoland area. And I know that one of those voices, one of those listeners is you, Sarah. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Um, so we also wanted to do some shout outs of, we had some reviews, right? So we, uh, got review number 19 and review number 20, uh, 
over the last couple of weeks. And uh, so we want to thank uh, Ken, Nick. Uh, I think we know who that is, but, you know, we're going to put you on blast. But we, uh, <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh, you said, uh, I so appreciate your informed, thoughtful perspective on a variety of psychology-related topics. Uh, your brilliance. She was talking to you. Your brilliance. Uh, black brilliance personified. Uh, keep going on this great contribution. So uh, that was that was really wonderful. And then SMS-A said, relevant, timely, inspiring, profound, persp- what is that? Perspicious? I can't see it. That is a, that's a nice little SAT GRE <laughs> word right there. <laughs> We got smart people yep. writing reviews. I know. Perspacious. Uh, <laughs> saying what needs to be said. I think, wait, I think that they actually <laughs> defined it because they knew. <laughs> so saying oh, what needs to be said in a way that needs to be saying. Okay. Uh, we learned something today. Yeah. Perspacious. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks a lot. We really appreciate that. Please keep those coming. We can, we, we, they, they, they help more than you know. Um, they, they help us to get the, the word out to other folks that we're, we're, we exist. And, you know, hopefully when they find that we exist, they listen and they think that it's cool enough to listen another time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, what else for shout outs? So this weekend we went to a really fun event over yeah. in Oakland. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, for the premiere launch of season two of You Had Me at Black podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Had Me at Black. Um, so they, so, okay. So first of all, it was awesome. It was great. We love those folks over there, but I'm going to throw out something. Uh, that's, I'm making a face. Like, what? Yeah, you're making a face. It's, it's not actually about the podcast. It's about the fact that they had this party where they were so cool <laughs> that they didn't put the address of the party on the flyer, yo. So we had to go through all kinds of detective work just to make it to the dang jam. <laughs> And I was, like, feeling real, like, uncool because I didn't know where the backyard was, where the party was. <laughs> so I'm just saying, yo, my people, Oakland Pod Gang, somebody send me a text next time. <laughs> tell me what the address is because we were like, yo, uh, I think we're just going to go ahead and do a little wine stop to, and, and hang out at, <laughs> at Jack London Square because uh, I can't find the party. Oh. I yeah. had to ask around. Yep. That, yeah, that's so. true. But I have this really awesome button on my backpack that I've been rocking. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, you want to describe the button because it know, is black. It is unapologetically black, and it says. <laughs> that's how I feel when I rock it. I, I feel I feel very unapologetically black now. Is like, that is that a shade? Is that a shade of black? Can I, we make that a shade of black? Like know, a crayon, unapologetically. Just black. <laughs> Crayola, unapologetically black. I like it. It's a little blacker than the regular. Black. I think I need a button that says that now too. So yeah. we need to get some naming it unapologetically black buttons. Oh, I like that. I like that. If y'all think that you would like to get an unapologetically black button, I'll tell you this: if, for the first uh, five people who say they want an unapologetically black button on Twitter or on Facebook, we will put them together. We will send you free button. Uh, everybody else, you're gonna have to buy them. So. <laughs> Uh, I like that. Unapologetically black. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call Crayola. Yeah. Get... Well, you know what? So uh, the the lady and me, right? I'm thinking about the nail polish colors. So for for those of y'all that are listening, you know that that SE and OPI and all the rest of them, they have they can't just name a color like red number five or red number because at this 
year and how many years they've been making nail mm-hmm. polish. They have to name it. They they name them all these like crazy, uh, crazy names. Like some of them are phrases. And so I think that if we could get one of the nail polish companies to make a, uh, an edition of black nail polish that was unapologetically black, uh, that would be that would be super I cool. That. I hear that. We need to we need to trademark this mug because I, I want to get like a car and get it painted unapologetically black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, where it's so black that it's shiny. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Got that nice clear coat on it. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not the clear. It's the blackness that makes it shine, yo. You gotta put some sparkles in there. You don't need no sparkles. It's deep. Deep like deep like the soul of Africa. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that deep. Mm. Okay. Anyway, don't... Unapologetically black. Unapo- I ain't gonna apologize. Nope. It's just black, y'all. It's yeah. just black, y'all. It's just blacker than black. It's like black, y'all. Yeah. Like that. Like I love now. it. I love it. Yeah. Bedford, just saying on the microphone, I on the Yeti. Sing. I did not sing. That was, that was, that was that a was, rap. Okay. All right. Wow. Why do you keep bringing up the singing thing? <laughs> you know, you know, my wife, Janae, who I'm shouting out now because she didn't get a shout out in the last episode. I love you, Janae. Um, actually, I'm going to give you another shout out later. But uh, um, she says that I should just go ahead and sing. Uh, but I'm not going to. Uh, Janae, <laughs> I know you can help me out. She, yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, I think help people out, don't girl. understand. I think what you might not understand is that it's different, like, warming up for us to sing a little bit before on the mic than for me to, like, publicly allow myself to be open to ridicule because, especially after all this buildup, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I don't, like, come out like old boy who was singing opera on, like, the, the X Factor, you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> It ain't gonna work out, so I'm just gonna leave the mystery there. Uh, and, I'm having and a flashback on. to uh, this was a long time ago, but this was this dude out of uh, Minneapolis who put out this song, "Chocolate Rain." I have no idea what. You're oh, okay. I'll put a link to it. I'll put a link to it for those of you that remember. It's this. It was this kid. I think he was a college student, and you know, it's like the era of like you know, little YouTube videos or whatnot. And he has this like really beautiful like baritone voice, and he like is singing. He made up this little song, and it's Chocolate Rain. He's just singing, and it's super cool. Yay! Some guy with a guitar saying. No, he wasn't. No, no, not a guitar, <laughs> but. I think it was the voice that you didn't expect coming from, you know, it's always like one of those like visual mashups. I hear. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make a note. Making a note. So we were saying, uh, we also want, we want to do a quick shout out to DAP who organized Oakland pod gang and who is the host of the really dope podcast. Uh, thank you, bruh, for being there when I was, I, I popped into the party and I was like, man, I don't know none of these people. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Dap was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, yes, someone who I know who's, who's, who, even though, you know, cause you know, here's the thing about, uh, you had me at black. It's a, it's a storytelling podcast for black millennials, right? I ain't a black millennial. I'm, I'm more like somewhere, I don't really know if I'm a Gen Xer, but I'm like, there was a thing about Gen Y. I don't know, but I just know I'm not really a millennial and I stick out around millennials. So, like, I love y'all millennials. Y'all are very amazing, like, interesting people. But when I walked in the party, I saw people look at me like, who is this old ass dude you. walking into the party? So, Dap came up, said what's up, hung out with me. You know, he didn't need to. 
but he did and and it was really nice until I found until you found me uh you know in the party and then that's what that was so I wanted to shout out Dap and say thank you bro appreciate you uh, so there you go that's our is that all of our shout outs that's all of our shout outs okay so uh are we on check-ins we are on the check-in what's your check-in what check-in do you have you have a this yeah what's what's your check-in I was gonna say I went out of town this weekend. Okay, go ahead and tell them that part. Well, yeah, I'm a little tired. You know, I've been traveling. Went to the to the LBC for for an NIH conference. <laughs> you went to Long Beach. <laughs> yes. For a National, National Institute of Health conference. Okay. So thank biomedical just, diversity. You know, I, I just don't know. Like you, you, you were using acronyms from very different <laughs> systems. So uh, you know. Yeah, so that sure was people know. that was interesting and. Um, I will share that I also received my license number. Which means? That I'm officially a licensed psychologist in you the are. state of California. Yeah. That's your freedom paper, Joe. Is it? Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, I, mean, I think it's still settling in Bedford. I think that, you know, it's been such a such a long, such a long road, such a long journey. Um, really, it's it's a little over 10 years. It's like 10 years and a month. Uh, to when I went to Oregon and left Chicago, you know, packed up all my stuff in two suitcases and shipped a couple of boxes and got on that plane and um, went through a time in a, in a state where I didn't know nobody and didn't have any family and, you know, really held on to, I think, forming what it was that, you know, I feel like as I entered graduate school, I opened a door, mm-hmm. really not knowing what was on the other side. And I often kind of joke, but it's not really a joke, that I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And to persevere through that journey um, and all that it took me through and then coming to California and starting to like lay down some roots here, um, it's been a long process. And there's a lot of hoops and loops and different hurdles and different you know mile markers along the way that tells you that you're proceeding on the correct route but man that ain't no joke oh i mean like it's not supposed to be i I think you know it's one of those things about you know life that i don't know maybe it's i read somewhere as a as a capricorn um i really don't uh capricorns don't appreciate shortcuts we don't really you're not going to find a capricorn who's trying to get there the quick way you want to get there the right way and so i really appreciate the, the journey that you're like explaining and, and the fact that all of that led to the space where you're now licensed, which means that Dr. Hill, you are able to, to, to practice and function independently and you can take care of people. You can hang the shingle up and just start your own business and be an entrepreneur. You don't need a supervisor. You don't need someone looking over your shoulder the state of California has said that you are a safe person who has a, the, the level of competence needed in order to go out there and practice in the field of psychology. And your scope of practice is as wide as it goes, except the only thing that we don't do is uh, give out medication. And we might start doing that if the right laws come through. So I think that this is a huge thing. And I do mean it when I say you have freedom papers, because it means that regardless of whatever happens and not that you have any kind of plans or anything like that, but like whatever happens, you have this license and it means that you can practice. 
It means you can put a shingle up and say psychology five cents like Lucy did in, in Peanuts <laughs> and charge that five cent and get your get your little nickel and tell people what they need to know in order to help them to move forward. And I, I congratulate you. Um, and I think it's really awesome. And, I, and I, you know, and we're also here's another cool piece. We are number buddies. We're number family, right? Are we? Yeah, because our, our license numbers have the first two numbers are the same. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we're both 28s, you know, 28, and then we have three extra extra numbers. Um, and uh, so, and I, I want to shout out a couple of other folks real quick. I'm not going to say their names, but there's a couple of people. You know who I'm talking to. One of you just passed the ECCP. Um, hurry up and uh, finish so you can be number buddies with us, too. So I think we're in the 700s now. Like twenty eight seven, so I got seven oh one. Yeah, there you go. So I was twenty eight oh five eight. So I was at the beginning mm-hmm. of twenty eight. So man, yeah. That's I mean, it's still twenty eight. <laughs> it's like twenty eight. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a lot of psychologists. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, we we out here. You know, we be out here. Uh huh. Congratulations. Thank you, Bedford. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. How about you? Oh, uh, so you know the. Start with the small and end with the big. Uh, <laughs> the small is silly. Uh, you know the my my Naruto experience continues uh, mm-hmm. because they're 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 literally dragging out the end of the Naruto series. So it's like they've had they're bringing closure to this decade. Like it's, it's literally like I think I, I was looking at it, it was like two thousand one is where the uh, when when the first. Uh, Naruto came out, uh-huh. and so it's over the course of two series, and there are payoffs. I mean, I don't know if people are into long series, but the idea that in episode one you can bookend episode one and 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 the last episode, and 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 it closes the story in a way that's satisfying. Um, I just you know watching there's a scene. So th- this is for my real Naruto heads, like the people there, my my four people out there. <laughs> You know, I think it's more than that, but like you know, within the, within the gamer community, community, right? Like when Naruto hands Sasuke his uh, his head shield that was knocked off in this like epic fight at the end of the last series. You know, it, it, I know you don't understand what I'm saying. It's just it's such it's so beautiful, you know, um, and that the writer of the I guess this is what I'm saying. The writer of this series cares enough about the story and the fans Mm -hmm. to make sure that he took care of us at the very end. And if you know, I mean, if you grew up, you know, when I grew up, there's plenty of stuff that was real intense, like plenty of cartoons and stuff like that as a kid that was like super intense and then never had a finale. Mm. You know, and mm-hmm. so you like got to uh, G.I. Joe is a great example of that. It's great, great stuff, except for the finale was like eh, Transformers, the same thing. Like, yeah, they had the movie and stuff, but, you know, you get into it and you're just like, where is this ending? You know, and, and Naruto mm-hmm. is doing us right. So that's my thing with Naruto. You should if you haven't watched it, you should watch all of them. Uh, Where does one watch it at? Hulu. Hulu and on Netflix. You can get them both. Okay. Like, so Netflix is the oldest stuff. Hulu is the newer stuff. And if you're on Netflix, it's all in English. You can get the dub or the Japanese version. Uh, the Japanese dub, the English dub version or the Japanese subtitle version um, on both Hulu and I think on uh, Netflix as well. And there is a difference. Um, and I, I am one to one. I'd rather have the subtitles. 
because uh, I think it's it's it, it means something different. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, that that concludes the the Naruto podcast with with Bedford Palmer Naruto head, and we'll come back to to naming it. Uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, just real quick, I just like sent out a a, a, a tweet to the Black Tribbles, um, which is another podcast that is like oh, basically neat. like y'all don't know if you ever listen to this. My Black Tribbles, you have a brother. You have a brother in it, just 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 down the way who you need to like. We need to reach out and talk to each other because like when I was listening to the Black Tribbles, I was like, I'm home. What are, what kind of what's the what's their uh, their angle? Well, they're I mean, <laughs> so the whole thing. If you don't know what a Tribble is, it's like this little highly um, fertile animal that um, shows up in Star Trek in a really iconic episode where the Tribbles, they basically destroy the grain and blah, blah, blah. They just, they, they multiply. Okay. And the whole thing with the Black Tribbles is that there was never a Black Tribble in, in those scenes, even though they had all, all the different colors. And so they... Oh, really? Yeah. And so basically, these are folks who are like, they, they embrace the blur, they embrace the, you know, the Black Nerd piece, they embrace the sci-fi head piece, the comic book head piece. And so, like, when you listen to it, I mean, yeah, I'm just... It's it's real cool, like the way they 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 run their podcasts. It's just fun. It's it's like if I was sitting in the living room with some other cats who who watched the same stuff and read the same stuff as I did, um, and you have the same kind of discussions where you're like, why you know why is Superman better than Batman? Why mm-hmm. is why is this comic book important? You know, like why why like they 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 just did a, a piece on Westworld, which is a, a that was cool. Yeah, right? Like on HBO, Westworld, yeah. it's about artificial intelligence. Yeah. I know we're going into a whole other podcast, but like I'm just saying like um, I I didn't know about the Black Tribbles very much, and I've been listening to their stuff recently, and I'm just like, man, y'all, we need to do a let me come on there and, and get out all this stuff that Lamisha don't want me to talk about <laughs> on this podcast. Please, y'all, please. Um, invite well, come, him. Come, 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 come join us. Uh, either way, I just wanted, I wanted to shout y'all out because I, was, uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm gonna leave y'all a, a thing on on iTunes. Cool. Know? So anyway, um, so here's my here's my more important uh, shout out or check in. So uh, some of y'all, you know, I've mentioned. I, t- I said I was gonna mention my wife twice on this podcast. So this one, stop dancing, please. You're you're making it hard for me to talk. Um, <laughs> Lamisha's all like blushing out, right? Because she can see what what the notes are. Um, Cue the Tony Tony tone. <laughs> I'm, what? Go ahead, sing it. Do you know what today is? Not today, though. It's Wednesday. Me and Janae's anniversary, our third anniversary. Um, so we've, it's been three years of of growth and love and just you know working together and building the family and building a home and uh, yeah. Love my baby, and Aww. we uh, we we're we're, we're we're gonna both be working that night, so we have to figure out something else for uh for when we're gonna do our dinner and all that other good stuff. So there's my shout out. You're probably listening to this while you're running on Tuesday or something like that. So there you are. Happy Aww. anniversary, baby. Uh, tomorrow will come, and girl, I can't wait. It's anniversary. Yeah, anniversary. The first thing I'll do is run straight to you. It's our anniversary. Yay. Anniversary. 
Okay. It's our anniversary. Yeah. It's our anniversary. Yeah. Yep. Anniversary. Okay, stop. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Who knew? I finally cracked the code. You didn't crack nothing. I did it because my wife said that she wanted me to sing it and it popped up. So there you go. The only thing <laughs> that make me sing on this dang podcast. Okay. And if anybody got some problems with it, there whatever. You know what? There, I, I had to pull up the lyrics so I made sure I got it I know. Right. I was like waiting because I was like, man. I, I was going to cue you. You threw that out. I, yeah, I was following. I, I wanted to get it right. I, was, I appreciate you. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. All right. So where are we at? Speaking of very special, special times, just one last, last acknowledgement to all of my diehard Northsiders across the globe, the country. Northside of where? Chi-Town. Oh, okay. You got to put on for your city like Kanye. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. I have to say that after any time anyone ever says Kanye, I just have to say. No, oh, Lord. oh no, no, no! I mean, me and my home, me and my my crew. Our song is a Kanye song where he references the whole song is about this girl named Wendy, but he's talking about the Windy City. My car's name is Wendy. <laughs> okay. Wendy Winter White is my car's name. Okay. Is your car her name? No, it doesn't. Anyway, the Cubs have made it one step closer to breaking the curse of the Billy Goat, and we're just really excited that y'all beat the Giants. Hey, now. Sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry, because I'm unapologetically a Northsider in this moment. Although I will admit that I'm a Fairweather fan, and I couldn't tell you about all the Why would you admit that? Because it's the truth. It's like, who's got time to like be like always like invested in these teams that are just so disappointing? Oh, boy, my Bears and my Cubs. You're completely undermining everything that But the saying. truth of the matter is, is that, that we always show up for our teams. Okay. All so right. go Cubs. So, go Cubs. So, so I'm a Chargers fan, so I, I particularly relish this this other piece of news that I've just heard. So the Raiders are moving to, to Vegas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is true. Um, whatever. I don't know why you would – I, I just – it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um the Raiders belong in Oakland. I, you know, I live in Oakland. I don't like the Raiders. Raiders fans are cool most of the time. What I'm saying is, is that like the fact that they're moving to Vegas. I mean, it's worse than them moving to LA. It's just I don't understand it. Um, and so, I, in in this one moment, I will they're- be in unity with my Oakland Raiders fans in saying this is some BS. And Oakland shouldn't be losing all of its teams. They shouldn't be. uh, But the Raiders don't want to play on baseball dirt no more. Whatever. (laughs) Deal. Ain't no other NFL team playing on a half baseball diamond. I don't know if that's a true statistic. And and they've they've been playing on before. (laughs) Yeah, the Raiders need to stay where people appreciate them. They're going to go anyway. Um, Chargers stay in San Diego. Real talk. If you go, to, if you move, I ain't a fan no more. All right. Um, so oh. there you go. Okay. Yeah. So what's going on? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wait. We wait. We gotta. We're gonna. So, I'm gonna cut in the. Um, so we're gonna do the 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 one that you you guys did with uh, <laughs> Dr. Candace Nicole. So that's gonna happen right now. What's going on? Hey. No, no. What's going on? 
can just clip that and use that for the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was tight. That was tight, right? That what's tight. going on? That's tight, right? Okay, so uh, what's going on? I guess um, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so first thing, one, something we missed that uh, we didn't get to, I guess, just uh, to shout out or put out last week because we didn't actually have um, an episode last week, was that National Coming Out Day happened on Tuesday 11th, and uh, we just want to put it out there to our our our, uh, our folks in the LGBTQIA uh, communities like we got mad love and mm-hmm. we we're, we want to we're trying we us here at naming it we're trying to be um, the best allies we can and uh, you know what just uh, hopefully it was a good day for everybody and uh, yeah Absolutely. coming out day y'all we we appreciate you for those that have uh, that are in their own journey and in the process whatever coming out means to you um, and and it also requires us as allies to come in a little closer there you go um so another thing that's going on is queen sugar what you know about queen sugar i just saw the first episode i can't see anymore because my cable you know i downgraded it and i'm bopping my head around like you know there's a song that goes to queen sugar is there a song that goes to it I don't know. There's a song in the beginning that's they actually the opening to Queen Sugar reminds me a lot of the opening to Power, mm. um, and I, I don't know if it's like it's, it's the same. I don't know what you would call the production, the person who does that, but it, it reminded me a lot of that, and it, it feels like maybe this is a style that tells us that it's gonna be Afrocentric, mm-hmm. you know, in certain ways. But Queen Sugar, I mean, it's a uh, I mean, 99.9% black cast, and it's a drama, and it's a real drama with a capital D. You know, it's not about any other procedural stuff. It's, like, really about you have these people, they're living their lives, and stuff is happening that isn't optimal, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly, it's not, it's not a tragedy. It's just, wow, you know, people in your life die. People in your life make really, really bad mistakes or re- do really bad things, and you still got to keep living. Mm-hmm. Um, this show, I mean, I- I've been really impressed with, across the board, in terms of um, the storyline, in terms of the characters, in terms of the plot and how it works. But, like, I'll tell you, um, because I don't want to ruin it for people. I'm not going to, like, tell you the whole plot or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, yo, I I, I got to make, I got to really do a, a, a big ups to... Uh, to, to an actor, his name is Omar Dorsey. This brother, yo, episode, uh, the, the most recent episode, man. Which bruh, character does he play? Uh, he plays, oh, how, what's, what's he, Hollywood? He, he called, they call him Hollywood. Um, Describe the character to me because I don't know their names. Oh, Lord, why are you doing, why are you making, why, we, we. I just want to know what you, I just want to get on the same page. I want to just, I want to be, I know I saw one episode. I'm just want to figure out which one it is. It's the brother who's, he's dating. He's a, uh, he's not blood relative to the, to the main characters, but he's dating the aunt and he's oh, younger than the aunt. Got it. Uh, and got it. I want to say, I hope his name is, uh, is Hollywood. Uh, but it's something like that. Or maybe Memphis. Mm. Uh, I gotta look it up now. See why? Why did you bring you don't that have up? To look it up. I, I just wanted to get on I'm, the same page with to... you. I'm trying to remember. He was really supportive. Okay. Anyway, I'm not gonna ruin it. You just. Uh, <sighs> he's your favorite character. I don't know. If he's my favorite character on it, but he. Um, okay, hold on. Uh, Queen Sugar. 
Hollywood. I was right. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Okay. Hollywood it is. Um so the thing about him is, you know, it, it, okay, why I'm why I'm shouting him out is because there's this one scene, and I'm not going to tell you the scene. I'm not going to give you all the stuff around it because you need to go watch it yourself. Like, real talk. This is black people homework a la um, <laughs> the Denzel podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm a they Denzel give homework? It. Huh? They give homework? Oh, yeah. Like, so just in case y'all don't know, um, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time podcast. Um, p- excuse me. Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period, podcast uh, with W. Kamau Bell and Kevin Avery. They have a thing about black people homework. And so it's talking about films and different kinds of art stuff that you have to go and take in if you don't, uh, you know, if if you want to be able to kind of be around the water cooler around black folks. Um, And so this is this is definitely I'm shaking my head because I already feel left out. Well, you should listen to that because it's not (laughs) on cable. It's not on TV. It's just on your iPhone or whatever. Um, But. Omar Dorsey actually is a is a recurrent uh, guest on that show too. So that's how I first heard about him and his wonderful uh, brother has some good stories. But um, watching him actually like the chops on this brother, like mm-hmm. there's this one moment where the breath, like and you'll when 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 you go watch it and you see it, there's a moment where he emotes in a way that shows you that his soul was kind of just knocked out of him for a second, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, like I, I tweeted about it. I was like, dude, you know, my chest was hurting 20 minutes later, you know, because it was just like, I don't know. I felt that before, you know, or I felt something akin to that. And he just translated that in this one tiny moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was captured by the director and it was put out by the editor and all that other stuff. The show is a work of art. And that's what I'll say about it. Um, and that's just my humble opinion as a as a psychologist. I'm not a I'm not a film person, but as a consumer, it was some it's some stuff, and I'm gonna watch every episode. Real talk. Awesome. All right. I might have to upgrade my cable package again. Real do. <laughs> come hang out one of these. Days. You know, yes, that's that's what I need to do. Is just go go watch it at somebody else's spot. Yeah. yeah. So who has a TV? Um. So that that's uh, that's one thing that's going on. Um. Another thing, I guess I put all the what's going on. Yes, you things. sure so, did. I'm like, what is this? So the other piece I wanted to, to point out, did you see the, the trailer for Jordan Peele's um, horror film? No. Get Out? No. Oh, Lord. Okay, folks. I put it on. I put it on the when it when I first saw it, I put it on the uh, the naming it piece. But like there is a new horror film that's coming out by Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. And basically... <laughs> He, it's a it's a black man with a white woman who uh, they go home to visit her family, and bad stuff starts to happen. And I'll just put it like this, and you get this from the trailer. It's a really, um, really weird thing to watch because you don't think that it would have got made. Because he basically like to keep it real to 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 name it, he basically made whiteness the 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 monster. Oh wow! Yeah. Like, I don't know how to... It's hard to explain in, in a way that I don't know. It's going to piss people off. Like, he made whiteness the monster. And it's not a person. It's it's whiteness. It's it's really trippy. Um, so is it an actual horror or is it like a, no, it's one a of those horror comedy mo- horrors? No, no. I don't like horror movies. I don't go to horror movies. I don't consume horror movies. 
It's a horror movie. I did not when I saw it, I was like, I do not want to watch this, but I'm probably gonna go see it. Wow. It is it it was like, what the heck is this? So get out there, look out. It's called Get Out. And when you watch the trailer, you will know what I mean. Wow. Okay, homework. I, was, I will yeah, watch the trailer. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. It's a trip. Um but I mean for that story to come out, there there has to be some shifts in the industry because I, I, I just can't uh imagine that being made. 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, so there you go. Um, so what else is what's going on? So uh, most recently in the news and the continuous uh, news cycle in this election season uh, is about, I'm not even going to, I was going to joke and say your boy, but that won't be that cruel. I'm glaring at her right now. <laughs> like, I can't even believe she would even so, fix her mouth. Someone's boy, like someone, someone's, presidential candidate Donald Trump and his continuous issues, issue after issue after issue. And this time it centers around sexual misconduct and sexual assault, sexual harassment, which I think is really the, I think that all of the other issues that have happened most recently between Stanford and uh, college issues and things around the country and I think folks having the conversations around sexual assault has made this this issue I think um I think it's taken it to a different place whereas maybe in the past before all the uh, of the recent history it would have been I think perhaps something a little different uh I get where you're coming from on that and I think that it it, it does it, it, it it's it's feeding specifically in that narrative in a specific way mm-hmm. but I think the thing that really push that that made this thing pop was the fact that this fool has a a, a tape of him talking about assaulting women he has a tape tmz mm-hmm. talking about grabbing women by their private parts mm-hmm. this dude's running for president are you kidding me like i'm head just saying, shake head shake shake my head smh um i i have no i have no words I have no words i mean i'm not surprised it doesn't at all in any way because I mean, it was already kind of known the dude is creepy. You know, I mean, like, that's what has been. There's been a lot of people saying stuff about that the same way they say stuff about a lot of different other people. But um, what surprises me is, is that people are still trying to defend the dude. Right. And the whole the whole terminology of locker room talk, which is interesting in the context. There's a frontline documentary that that chronicles both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd encourage people to go check it out. Um, but there's this whole piece about Donald Trump and him going off to, um, I think, a military academy for high school. Mm-hmm. And that one of his childhood friends or associates is like commenting on how at that time in the military academy, they he used the phrase barracks talk. And he said uh, repeatedly that, like, you know, what he a lot of the rhetoric and a lot of the the discourse that he that he hears from Donald Trump in the campaign is so reflective of of that developmental era. And he's and he kind of kind of says in some ways that, like, you know, a lot of us have, I guess, reflecting on himself, you know, grown up and and sort of matured in different ways and that he still hears the same narrative from this time in their lives. Um and, so, and he, so, saying, so he called it barracks talk. So it, I, I found it to be like a parallel between like so like Donald he, Trump saying like it was locker room talk. And that this documentary really called like that manner of speech or those attitudes like barracks talk. So is he saying I mean, like, what's he saying? Is he trying to make an excuse for him? Or no, 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 like no. I just no. I just found. Yeah. I think that he was saying that Donald Trump is stunted. Uh, I, you won't get an argument from me on that. I mean, like that I, is basically the the 
I would say the position that this individual took is that like it's very developmentally yeah. tied to yeah. this time in their life and that all of it sounds similar. The behaviors are very similar to that same yeah. era. Yeah. So, I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about Trump and trying to take him apart and all this other stuff. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I would relish that in certain ways. Um, but I think what our plan was, was to talk a little bit about like understanding what's going on with supporters of Trump mm-hmm. and the con- the continuous support of Trump that's mm-hmm. been happening. Um, you, we were talking earlier. You want to like give? Yeah. yeah. So the what I and I've mentioned this on the context uh, in 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 the podcast before of like when I said that I had a hard time during the uh, convention of like watching specifically African American people like jump up and cheer for this man um, and proudly give their endorsement and just being really stuck with like trying to figure out, like help me understand uh, what it is that you either value or see uh, in this individual that aligns with your experiences, experiences as a person of color. And I think that where I've also come to in the conversation that we were having earlier was in, in parallel conversations that I've had with other folks who ha- either have family members or trying to navigate conversations with folks that are Trumpist supporters is me really trying to, I think, genuinely and compassionately understand what values are folks holding on to uh, who identify as Trump supporters in this continuous issue after issue, disparaging comments. I don't understand, but I'm trying my best to leave space to hear, to really hear and to listen to, it's just bl- it just blows my mind. Like, I, I don't know. So I'm trying to understand. And I think the conversation that we had, like, what is it about, like, the position of philosophy or is it a values piece or, you know, in well, my mind, I, I wonder. And I think that for me, what I'm trying to understand are, are people either comparing or sorting, here's the most important either political issue or value that I have. And this candidate, i.e. Donald Trump, somehow either supports that and I'm going to rank lower. If I was doing sort of like a value sort, are they ranking a little bit lower some of these other pieces around whether it's the sexual assault, whether it's about the disparaging comments around people of color, around uh, certain religious communities, like, are they minimizing those things and elevating other values? I don't, I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. So. Did I give you enough space there? Yes, you did. I think that's, that's where I, that's the position that I'm sitting in. I'm trying to understand. Can I say what I think now? Yes. Yeah. The going to say what he thinks. Bigotry. Racism. Sexism, xenophobia, like the thing, the 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 X factor in this that people I and I, I hear that all the time. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. And it's racism. It's sexism. It's the things that he puts out because he doesn't. Has he put out any like actual substantive platforms? Like really? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. No, he hasn't. He. I mean, he he. The ones that he has tried to outline have basically been around xenophobia and like bigotry. So we're gonna build a wall. That's that's xenophobia. You know, we're gonna have a ban on Muslims. It's Islamophobia, xenophobia, mm-hmm. it's general bigotry, it's racism. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about what he's gonna fix these deplore these horrible 
uh, black communities and all this other, you know, he goes into the inner city and blah, blah, blah. It's just talking about his, his view of us as all of us, all black people, apparently, we all live in the hood. We all mm-hmm. live in the ghetto and we all have horrible lives. We're always chasing, we're always like, you know, dodging bullets and stuff, you know. Uh, wait, hold up. I got one to dodge right now. Ooh, it missed. I'm just saying it's just ridiculous. Um, so when I think about their supporters uh-huh. and and people trying to understand where they're coming from, I get tripped out. I, I, I wonder why people want to skip over bigotry. Like, why do people want to skip over the idea that maybe people like him because he holds sentiments that are very similar to their own and he's the only one who's espousing them in in a way that's that's uh, that's public and it makes them feel emboldened. And when you think about the things that they've done at his rallies and the ways that they talk about stuff, I just saw a woman, a uh, Trump supporter, talking about we're from the South, so we know about our Second Amendment. And if Hillary wins, then, you know, we're going to have to, you know, defend ourselves. And it's like, what? Like, like what? Where do we live? You know, but anyway. Like, yeah. So, so the question one that I have is around what I wrote was humanism or not. Nah. nah. So, so, so what, what is humanism? So for me, humanism uh, is a is a is an attitude and belief, a philosophical sort of value that uh, there's an inherent amount of goodness, and however you want to define that. But I think, like, really, I think a very general definition of what it means to be good in the world, and that people are inherently good, and we come from a a place of of an assumption that people are operating from a place of of being positive and good. Right. And so... Or nah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that that is... that. So that's not just, like, you know, Lamisha's idea, right? That's, like, a whole philosophy that clinicians tend to use and a mm-hmm. lot of different people use in order to kind of shape their work, right? Right. Absolutely. And so I come I, I come from a slightly different philosophy, right? And so mine, I... I, I I work from a space of cognition, and most of that, when I work in terms of cognition and constructive, um, like a constructive, constructivist space, it's about us building our reality and about us making choices about it. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, you know, one of my mentors and, and colleagues and friends who was a professor at the time uh, when I was brand new in, in a psych doc program. Uh, it was in a practicum. Esmenario Bassi, Dr. Esmenario Bassi asked me, do you believe that people are inherently good? Mm-hmm. Um, he asked the whole group. And all my all my cohort, they were like, yes, of course. And these are all wonderful people. Well, most of them. I love the people who, I, who and y- y'all know who you are. I ain't going to front. Um, so, yeah, you can shake your head. I'm but shaking my head. It is what it is. Three of y'all, wonderful people. Um, so anyway, um, what I'm saying is, is that he asked that, and everybody was saying, "Yeah." And I was, and I thought it was a trick question because I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh heck, not." Mm-hmm. You know, like no, absolutely not. You know, and it's not that I don't think people can be good. I just think that being good is a is a virtue, and a, and a virtue means that it's something that you you don't start off being that. You have to work for that. Uh-huh. You know. And is it consistently aspirational? It can be like, aspirational. Is goodness aspirational in the sense of like, like, do we ever attain, you know, kind of like in the comparison of like, like, you know, a Buddhist perspective of like attaining enlightenment? Like, do we obtain goodness through a certain amount of life 
practices and behaviors over time and elevation in our thinking and in our spirit and in our... I mean, again, cognitive behavioral, you know, and I I can only know what you think by what you tell me, mm-hmm. and I can only know what you really are by what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you want to say it another way, you know, you know me by my works, right? Uh-huh. So if people do bad, if they do evil, then they're bad. If they do good, they're good. I don't think it has to be super uh, deep. It's just like if you if you lie a bunch, you liar. You know but so that? does that does that define I'm just trying to clarify because I I think that I take on more of a humanistic perspective. Right. Um so help me understand like does then does that goodness is that only in a certain moment in time or how long do people get to hold on to their good deeds or their good behaviors? I don't think as you a get reflection to, of like them being I don't think you get to hold on to it. I think you I think you live in the moment. Mm. You know and yeah, you know, uh, W. Kamau Bell just put out a he he put out a tweet. I think it was somebody else's article, but he, uh, that's how I got access to it. Talking about uh, the notorious RBG, right, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, she recently came out against uh, the Colin Kaepernick um, mm-hmm. style of protest by uh, taking the knee during the the national anthem, mm-hmm. saying that it was stupid. Um, she said a couple other things, but like basically, she was saying stupid, and she was saying. That she wouldn't arrest somebody for doing it, but she just didn't think that it was a smart thing to do. And, um, you know, what the article basically says, and I we'll, we'll put it up, uh, is that it's, a, it's evidence, right, that heroes don't exist. People are just heroic in moments, right? Mm. So I could say that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg, was heroic in some of the things that she's done in this comment. No, not at all, you know, and it's okay for both of those things to exist and you just have to live with them. Right. Right. So and that's that's where I'm coming from in terms of like. So one of the things that psychologists have to do when we're working with folks, is we have to have unconditional positive regard. Right. But how do you have unconditional positive regard if you don't think that people are good? I don't have to have I don't have to have to think you're good to because let me ask you this. Let me flip it on you. Mm hmm. Why does someone have to be good for you to have positive regard? Like, it's a skill set, right? Yeah, I would say, like, it is like, do I only have positive regard or unconditional positive regard if people are, or, quote, or maybe perhaps earning it by their by their acts of goodness? Well, isn't it conditional if they must be good for you to have it? I don't I don't think so. But I think it's hard. I think it's hard to hold unconditional unconditional positive regard without finding a compassionate place of humanism. And that's, I don't think that when I think about my understanding of humanism and as, as I interact with people that perhaps, you know, I might disagree with, or I'm having a hard time finding something to like about them or to, you know, to really, to be able to create that therapeutic alignment in that moment. I don't, I wouldn't say that that finding this element of humanism is going to extend throughout their entire personhood. I think that it can be about something maybe specific or small, but it still has to be there um, to to have that positive regard. Uh, I disagree. Okay. I I think um, I I think that I think everyone has the ability to do good stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I need to pretend as though what you're doing or how you're being is in a good way. We are not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that my ability to be compassionate is about my personal character and not about your acts and your deeds. I like that. You know, so like, and I, you know, let's go, let's go old school back in the day, right? Back in the day when uh, when Cobra Commander is falling off the cliff. You know what I'm saying? I, I yep, totally yep, lost going, me, Bedford. Hey, hey, Who but, is Cobra Commander and what is Come his- on, G.I. Joe. Okay, so look, I'm just going to say it. You don't have to... There's enough... There's plenty of people who know this. So Cobra Commander's hanging off the... Destro's hanging off the cliff, right? And you think, why not just let them drop? They're terrorists. They're doing all this bad stuff. They've been shooting all them little red beams at people and stuff. You know, they're blowing things up. Why not just let them drop? Duke ain't going to let them drop. You know what I'm saying? Duke, G.I. Joe Duke, is going to go down there. He's going to pull them up, knowing Cobra Commander's going to do some horrible stuff tomorrow, right? Because... It's about, it reflects more on you as, as a person, how you can treat the worst of us. Yes. Then you, then, 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 then how it reflects if you can treat the best of us. You know what I'm saying? Superman's yeah. about that, right? Uh-huh. Like Batman's about that. Like all the type of hero, if you're going to be a hero, you got to do something that's heroic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what we do, um, I think being a person who can work with somebody who is still not great. You know, who's doing really messed up stuff. I mean, if you're, you know, it's hard, you know, it's like if you're doing something mean to other people, if you're if you're doing something dishonest to other people, you should still be able to come in and get help with that. You know, if you're a perpetrator of abuse, you still need to be able to come in. I talk, I have ethics. I teach an ethics course. Mm-hmm. Um, so when my students talk about this, like we'll always come down to like people who are abusive, like whether it's a domestic violence or we're talking about child abuse or we're talking about some other mm-hmm. like where where society says this person is just less than anything right as a counselor or as a psychologist as a clinician when those people come in the only the only thing the only choice you have there is either to allow them to continue on in the negativity or to help them find the good stuff right help them fix whatever's broken Right. Mm-hmm. If 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 they have to have some sort of like mea culpa and not be bad anymore and not be an abuser anymore, then what what's the point of them talking to us if they already had that? Right. So coming back around to yeah, trying to for me this is I mean this is a question that I pose so trying to have some understanding towards what I would consider to be. The, the humanist in me does not believe that the average person and whatever concept of average you might think that is, but the everyday person that's that's living their life, working their job, taking care of their family, and happens to be a Trump supporter. See, you just threw that in there. I don't believe you just happen to be a Trump. I, like, I, you, 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 you're burying something there. You think so? I'm just trying to understand. I'm just trying to understand how these folks, like, what... What is it that they're holding to be a higher, their highest value or their highest objective or their personal opinions or beliefs that would allow them to either minimize or suppress all of the other issues that are at play, whether it's the misogyny, the xenophobia, the overt racism, the bigotry, the tax diversion, all of those things to still support this individual. I mean, what else is there? Like, I, I, I and I, I really, um, I really ask that question genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy has not 
had any kind of consistent true policy. There's not like you can't get behind him and say he has this really, really good idea that is going that's going to fix stuff. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'll just deal with all these nasty human id things that go along with him just so we can implement this thing that's going to fix everything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't outline any of that. Right. All he does is make like wild, bombastic claims, insult people. Right. And tell us that, oh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do because it needs to be a surprise because I want to tell the enemy that I'm going to attack. You know, he just does all this this weird kind of um, obfuscation and non-transparent interactions. Right. He has no real message except that you're better than black people, that you're better than Muslim people, that you're better than disabled people, that you're better than Mexican people and that you're better than than um, than poor people. You know, and the only reason you're poor is because these rich people are lying to you, except me. You know, I know I'm rich, but I'm not the one lying to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's he he's for you to support that. I would think that you must support the message. And if you support that message, I'm sorry, just like anything else. If you do it, you know, people by their works. If you're doing racist stuff, if you support a racist candidate, if you support a bigoted candidate, then you're a bigot. Period. I don't know what to say. Like, and if you don't want to be a bigot, don't support them. If you don't want to be a racist, don't do racist stuff. Don't microaggress. Don't do all these other things. Work against it. Become an ally. You have a choice, right? Right. But since you're not making that choice, you you is what you is. So is it okay? I'm going to reflect something back to you. And I just want, I want for you to clarify it. Um because I what I heard you say was that if you if if you are a supporter of Trump with full awareness of his bigotry and racism, then that's a reflection of your own bigotry and racism. Yep. And I'll say it like this, because the first thing that someone will say, well, there are black supporters and there are women supporters. Mm-hmm. You know what? From a social science perspective, it's not about your skin tone or your gender or any of that stuff that makes you part of these isms. Right. Isms like the, the, the power structure in our society creates privilege and creates oppression. Right. The isms, isms, the racism, the sexism, the heterosexism, all that stuff is a support that you can either engage in or not engage in around keeping the superstructure of that system working. So racism is a support for white supremacy. Sexism is a support for male for male supremacy, male privilege and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So as a woman or as a, as a black person, you can absolutely be a racist. And as a woman, you can absolutely be a sexist. And we all know this stuff to be true. Absolutely. You know, like you can you can look at the way people act towards themselves and towards others and I mean, we have whole psychological issues around these crises that occur for folks where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't even have to throw it towards other people. As a black person, you can hate yourself, you know. And so it's not a it's not a passable argument to say that just because he has a diverse, a slightly somewhat tiny diverse amount amount of diversity in his support to say that that doesn't mean that his supporters are all subscribing to his bigoted views because i'll tell you this if someone has a viewpoint that is and i'll use the word deplorable to me Mm -hmm. i ain't following them you know what i'm saying i just can't so like for instance hillary clinton if i if i truly if if she was out there making uh 
like nasty homophobic like things like if she was not only like because people will say well she took a long time to come around to marriage equality which she did uh but she did come around and she was a supporter but if she was out here right now fighting against marriage equality i can't support her you know what i'm saying like i can't that's a moral that's a moral judgment and if you are also operating from a place of like your behaviors and your works in the moment then you have you are also demonstrating a certain capacity to to be in alliance with folks as they shift and change. Say again. I'm saying that, like you know, in politics, there's often this issue about being a flip flopper. Like, well, if they if they if they change their opinion or their perspective, but their true colors are their first first opinion, so you can't just flip and flop, right? That's that's I think. Well, yeah, I mean, argument. so you're talking about Hillary and yeah. like moving. But I think I think you can you can evolve, but regardless of all that, right? He's not evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting worse. You know what I'm saying? Like he's spending all this time, right? And and I was like real deep talk. I mean, once you get into the point where this guy is like admitting that he's done, and okay, so here's another piece. Um, we'll get. To, I just have to say it. So people are talking about the fact that it's really important that he admitted that he did these nasty things to women, right? Right. People are glossing over the fact that he was already he already had settled issues around housing discrimination with black people, you know, and like he had already done. He'd already made these negative comments out in the open in politics around the 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 judge who had Mexi- Mexican lineage. Right. Right. So he's done these racist, bigoted, xenophobic things to, you know, talking about Muslim. He's done all this stuff publicly. Right. But then, like, he has this other public piece and suddenly it's special. I don't know what to think about that. Well, but let's just, talk about it. Let's yeah. talk about it. Like, because is it a reflection of... Are I wouldn't say our you and I, but is it a reflect? Is it a reflection of the current landscape of values that is that is that is definitely has always you know rank ordered who's important, and who's not important, and that or is it a buildup of all these issues collectively that is allowing for the impact of the sexual assault, the sexual misconduct, and all those things to be at the surface and to really crack that foundation now. Well, because we we saw, you know, he had the the statement about the the Muslim soldier, and that seemed to not have an impact. We saw that there is, you know, like you said, the the judge of Mexican descent, no impact. The his own track record with, you know, the the Central Park Five and the housing discrimination, continued continued thing, no impact. Well, like, I think I think the thing is, and I heard this. Uh, uh, this was said on MSNBC the other day. Um, all those other issues were dealing with minority groups. Mm. So in terms of collective voice, they're smaller voices. They're not, there's not a huge percentage of Muslims in America. There's not a huge percentage of African-Americans in America. There's not a huge percentage of Mexican folks in America. Like this, like when you're talking about proportionally to, to the larger group, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about women, I think it's like 52%. Right. There's actually literally more women mm-hmm. than men. And so we're and, and I think it's it's telling it gets it becomes telling that suddenly when he when when he f- fully transgresses on this one group. Right. Who actually have numbers, then suddenly things start to change and start to happen in terms of the, the, the overall. So I even wonder, you know, to a certain extent, like some of the, the support that falls off from him you finally find something that they find too far. 
So mm-hmm. if there is a if there is a line that says this is a line too far, that means that they were measuring the whole time. Right. So if they were measuring the whole time and xenophobia and 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 uh homophobia and um and racism and, and classism and classism and all these other things didn't, didn't matter. Didn't meet the bar. Right? Mm-hmm. But then this one piece does. Right. Right. So that means that there was judgments being made and choices being made. And these people were choosing to remain with this bigot until it affected some some piece of them that was too much. But that doesn't that doesn't wipe out their 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 mea culpa moment doesn't wipe out their earlier bigotry. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It just means that they're not going to be as they're not going to support a, a sexual predator. So I'll give them that. But they can still you can still be hella racist and not support sexual predators so that's that's kind of where i am with it on it's um i think we shy away from using terminology and from labeling folks because uh, it's somehow considered to be in, just not polite mm-hmm. but if you're polite and you're oppressed you will remain oppressed forever yeah and so i choose not to be polite because if you're really not racist, if you're really not sexist, then you will take the feedback and work on it. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, I have to deal with feedback about my stuff all the time and it's hard and it feels bad and I shut up and I listen and I try to work on it. But I, I appreciate what you had said with regards to outlining all those different issues. Um, the xenophobia, the racism, the the Islamophobia, the classism, and that None of those things from for many, many folks, it didn't it didn't cross the threshold. They didn't draw an internal line in the sand. Um, and collectively, those issues also didn't cause a catalyst. Right. You think about it from like a from a science, you know, from like a science experiment, like what level of of elements is going to create that reaction? Right. right. To have to set off that 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 thing into motion where those elements are coming together and you can see a response. Right. right. That that catalyst. Right. So collectively, all of those issues didn't create a catalyst. Right. So that's a damn shame. Well, I don't know if it's a shame. It's just true. You know, I, I don't know. Like and and so this is the other piece. And I know like we're probably going to move on to our, our self-care tips. So maybe, you know, this is where I'm at on this whole deal is like mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me. Because all of this stuff existed before Trump came on the scene. Like, this, the, the context of our society is one that's built on sexism, heterosexism, racism, xenophobia, classism, ableism. All those things existed. I was already teaching classes before Trump got into his presidency, right? Or into his, his, his candidacy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we were already talking about this stuff. So it was already an issue. And for us to pretend... As though these issues that have been plaguing us for centuries, like, suddenly don't exist in context of these people who are supporting a guy who who basically takes his lead from, like, white supremacists and other, like, hate groups. Like, he he, he actually retweets them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? I'll put it like this. If you play in dirt, you get dirty. You know what I'm saying? If you out in the mud, you get mud on you. If you run in the rain, you get water on you. If you mess around and you spin and you rub shoulders and you give support and you push up bigots, then you get bigot on you. And it sticks. Just saying. 
Can I come back around to one last thing? So when we first started out this conversation around sexual assault um, in the context of the political landscape right now, I had posed this question of the impact of our increased awareness around sexual assault, given the number of incidents that have happened uh, in the past couple of years, particularly around uh, college campuses, the Stanford incident, even Bill Cosby. And I really feel like my position is, is that collectively we've been having more conversations, which is really allowing for this to have the the due weight that it, the, the impact that it is having now. Um, so like issues of race, um, like issues that we've talked about, the classism, the ableism, is nothing new. Um, right. But but I I personally appreciate that there feels to be a shift right. in the impact. So it's like there's like a like a I don't know what's that what's that word? It's a, a rising wave or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's the the energy has changed and like uh, the momentum is there. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So that's our real talk. All right, real talk. Um, so now we're at self care. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the power of pets, right? Yes. Our self care tip of the week is the power of pets. So I'm sure from you all in your own personal life, and Bedford and I have our personal experiences with pets, um, it's shown that interacting with a friendly pet can help many physical and mental issues. It can help reduce blood pressure and improve overall cardiovascular health and can also release endorphins that produce a calming effect. So we both have dogs. Uh, My dog, Pendleton, I got him about four years ago when he was a puppy, and I absolutely adore him. Um, Every day is just a little bit brighter uh, because I have to spend it with him. And I do enjoy going on walks with him and doing sort of those everyday things that do have a vicarious calming effect on me. So, Petford, do you want to say a little bit about your dog? Oh, my dog's the best dog. Um... (laughs) Shaking my, my head, rolling my eyes. My dog Coffee. She's a she's a little twenty pound Basenji uh, Beagle mix who came into our lives. I mean, like straight up, she all the things that you you mentioned before it happens. I mean, and when there's ever stress, like there was a, a couple weeks. You know, honestly, when the stuff was going on a few weeks ago with the shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, she started acting strange and she would like come on to the, and we don't usually let her on the, the couch, but she jumped on the couch and she just like leaned on me real hard and just, and my, and, and Janae kind of was like, what the, what is she doing? Because she, she was just very interested in me and she does this thing where she'll key on whoever is feeling kind of crappy in the room mm-hmm. and she goes to them and she spent, she just gives them love, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that you can't get that with, you know, it's just, you can't buy that. I mean, I guess you can buy a dog, but I mean, she's she's a family. You know, she's part of the family. She's she's important. She helps us live in in a better way than we would if we didn't have her. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's coffee. She's awesome. Wonderful. So whether you have a furry friend or not, the next time you see an animal, and that could be a cat or a dog or any other animal, take a little extra time to get some pet therapy and go ahead and tweet us out your favorite pictures with you and your pet. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be a dog. It could be a little cat or a little, little uh, I, I have it on authority that some people like reptiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if it's a gecko or python or something i don't know uh you know if you're into equine therapy there's there's a uh, knowing about them horses right people yes. do a lot of stuff with horses um and if you have a really weird pet that we wouldn't think you would have that you get a lot of joy out of please like send that to us 
Let us know. All right. Uh, so I guess that's it for the week, right? Yes, that's Naming It, episode number 14. Naming It, episode 14. So uh, for details about the topics mentioned in this episode, check out our website, namingitpodcast.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Naming It Podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want us to discuss a specific topic, send us a message or a tweet, and we will incorporate it into our show under our new section called Questions from Our Namers. There we go. All right. And uh, so uh, where can we find you at? I'm on Twitter, at Lamisha Hill. All right. And um, I'm at DRBF Palmer. Um, on Twitter and Facebook and other places. Um, Contribute your ideas to the topics on the movement for Black Lives using the hashtag One Stop Away. Absolutely. And as always, we want to give some special love to Music on Naming It, provided by Lee England Jr., the sole violinist. And you can follow Lee on social media at Lee England Jr. All right. That's it, right? That's episode number 14. Fortnite. <laughs> Keep naming it, y'all. <laughs>